Thank you for joining us on the Fastest Known Podcast. In times like this, it's really important to stay connected however we can. This special edition, of course, is going to be quite different. Instead of person-to-person or on a topic, we're going to talk with three different people from three different parts of the world to get their perspective. We are not epidemiologists, we're not scientists, so instead we just want to hear from people like ourselves how they are coping, what they're doing, and what the situation is where they live. We're going to start with France, Barcelona, above Annecy, where the epidemic, of course, is in advance of where it is in the United States, and the mandates and coping mechanisms are also ahead of us. And then we're going to bump back to the United States, a place you have heard of, It's called California, which also led the states in terms of how they responded to the pandemic. Lastly, we're going to go to Christchurch, New Zealand, which is behind, uh, in terms of not behind in other ways, but behind the pandemic curve than the rest of the world, where they actually have a chance to not only flatten the curve, which is what social distancing only does, but to actually contain it and we'll hear how they're working with it down under. Thanks again for joining us. Well, Hillary, it's so good to talk with you. (laughs) I'm glad to be on here. Thanks for asking me to join. Well, you, of course, the quick bio is you're a long-term ultra runner and the girl who almost died uh, two and a (laughs) half years ago. So uh, you also have been living in France for the entire winter. So you have a lot to tell us about how things are going in France. So you're there right now. What does it look like? Yeah. So actually, it's been it's been quite a big change. Um, I mean, I've I've lived on and off in France for I don't know the past five years. Ever since I started racing ultra marathons, I always found myself in somewhere in France for several months at a time. And so I finally just decided to flip-flop. Um, so my idea was to spend the winter in, in France. Um, I use it as a home base and then come back for some spring races in the States and then come back, uh, to France for the summer. Like this year, a big goal of mine was, is UTMB. <laughs> my, we'll talk about this later. If it's like pending, maybe it can happen or not. Um, but yeah, France has been great. It's a, I mean, learning French, um, that's a really good mental challenge. Um, and, We've had kind of a dry winter here. Um, actually, right now I'm in the south of France, uh, in this near this village um, called Barcelonette. Uh, it's this wonderful valley. It's pretty close to um, the Italian Alps um, and also uh, to well to Marseille as well. Um, but it's in this beautiful valley, and there's 3,000 meter peaks on all sides. Um, so this has been where I've gotten in some pretty good skiing. Um, and I'm based actually currently in Annecy, which is kind of like the boulder of France, <laughs> except it has a, you know, I mean, I guess boulder does have a big reservoir as well, but there's a huge lake in Annecy. And um, yeah, it's kind of like the outdoor capital uh, of France. It's been, yeah, it's been wonderful, you know, trying to hone in which uh, French bakery I like the best. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like a, a daily, a daily routine here. <laughs> That sounds terrific. It sounds like a, you know, living the life as they say, but life <laughs> as we know it has just changed. It's changed dramatically yeah. for everyone all over the world. And yeah. France has been ahead of the United States. I should say Europe has been way ahead. And yeah. there's a lot of restrictions been imposed and they're, I think they're valid. 
up to some degree because social distancing is mandatory, really, in terms yeah. of you know, stemming the pandemic. So what yeah. restrictions are in place in France right now? Yeah, so that's actually been really interesting to watch. Um, so, I mean, of course, we've all been hearing about the coronavirus um, since, what, end of November, early December, when the outbreak kind of started happening in China. Um, but I actually, it was funny, actually, three, four weeks ago, I was here in Barcelona on, um, on a vacation, uh, skiing, and this is right when Italy um, started to get really bad. And um, so Italy kind of set the precedent. They... Um, they're one of like the epicenters in, in Europe. Uh, so they actually closed their borders and they were the first ones to implement like a quarantine, like a pretty strict quarantine when literally um, they were saying, okay, like no one's allowed to leave their house. Like you can only go out to get groceries. And, um, you know, they, they were even limiting like outdoor activity, like skiing was prohibited, all this stuff. And Everyone around France and even neighboring European countries were like scoffing. They're like, oh, this won't happen. Like, we're not going to have to do that. And lo and behold, it was a short two weeks later that um, President Macron came and, and said that, okay, like, we have to stop the spread of the virus. And he implemented like the first thing of they first started canceling events like the Paris Marathon and Half Marathon gatherings of more than 5,000, 1,000 people. Then it was things of like a hundred people or more were kind of prohibited. Um, then he took the next step. This happened over the course of like literally like days, like every day there were new rules. Um, and so then basically, um, he, this is Monday of last week. So what is the date today? The 20. 23rd of March. So the 18th of March is when uh, the president said, okay, President of France, um, he said, okay, we're going to shut non-essential businesses. So everything needs to be closed because basically there's just too many people congregating everywhere. And um, <laughs> yeah, so, and, you know, I think big cities, like, I mean, big European cities where people are on top of one another, like they're very, very efficient with their space is one of the things I love about living in Europe. Um, however, that poses a problem when there's, you know, an infectious disease. And so, uh, on Monday he said all non-essential businesses are closed. And then literally the next day is when he was like, look, this isn't like people are still out. They're not paying attention to social distancing. And, um, we started this quarantine. And so that was last Tuesday, the 19th. Fast forward to today. The confinement restrictions are so severe that the fine went up from 35 euros to 600 euros if you are more than 500 meters from your house. Wow. Okay, so, that's, that's, that's the update. And I think the reports that are coming in from Europe are that over the weekend, things just ratcheted down another level. Yeah. And I should pause here and quick note that Right now, it is 9 a.m. Mountain Standard, Mountain Daylight Time in Colorado on Monday. Mm -hmm. And so this podcast, we're hoping to get out on a rush production schedule on Wednesday. By the time people are listening to this on Wednesday, the situation actually will have changed. Yes. And so I, I want to make a note of when we're having this conversation. So yeah. right now, it's been cranked down to a 600-euro fine in France for being 500 meters away from your house. Uh, and that, that's, that's correct. 
It's very strict, and I think actually it's more strict in big cities like Marseille and Paris. And so I'm getting this information from, um, so this is in Annecy, so it's a bigger city. And the reason why they're so strict in this region, so Annecy and Chamonix are kind of in the same region. It's the Prefecture 74, um, which is basically just a region, the Haute-Savoie. Um, pretty much every ultra runner should know about this because, you know, UTMB, this is like the region that like literally the TDS, Tour de Duc de Savoie. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> so yeah. um, it's it's this region of France where there it's an epicenter of the virus outbreak in France. So it's, it's Haute-Savoie and, pa and Paris are some pretty uh, bad, bad regions. And so that's where the rules are the most strict. So where I am a little bit further south, um, basically all non-essential businesses are closed all around France, but I'm kind of self-secluded in this little mountain town, like in a cabin. They're literally, my nearest neighbor, is, they're two kilometers away. So <laughs> I, um, I don't, I can go a little bit more than five, five hundred meters from my house. However, um, uh, all like skiing or basically they've prohibited hiking, um, mountain biking, skiing, um, in all of this, this region, just because they don't want to, you know, basically there's no, there's no emergency staff available to help you if you have an accident. Um, and so even though my, maybe my, my region is not as strict, I'm still keeping it pretty safe. I literally have a bike trainer that I've been training on the deck of my cabin <laughs> and, um, you know, doing little runs, but nothing, crazy um because literally if something happened you're kind of sol and the place where i'm here in in france um it, basically there's no hospital in this valley so if if there was an outbreak say in barcelonette um and you know you can extrapolate this or use it to, to as an example for any small like rural community um, in the united states that if they don't have a hospital nearby and there's an outbreak in that in that town you know, that could cause a real problem. Um, the nearest hospital here is an hour away. So I think that's one of the reasons why there's this, there's such a strict, um, you know, you quarantine kind of uh, procedure going on here just to, just to enforce that social distancing aspect. Right. Paul, well, again, you're ahead of the United States and I, all yeah. the prediction models say that's where we're going. Yeah. Uh, of course, the United States has a extraordinarily poor healthcare system and was extraordinarily yeah. unprepared. And so what you see is the number of cases actually are the number of confirmed cases, which is barely related to the actual number of cases. So yeah. it's an important conversation for us to have and for us to hear about because there's yeah. it's pretty sure that we're going to be where you are here basically in a week. Yeah, and that's that's I kind of think where the model is trending. I mean, certain certain states. I know California is already kind of on that non-essential businesses are closed. Even even parts of Colorado as well. Um, there's no strict limitation on on movement at the moment. Moment, but I I know as of this weekend, actually in California, like in Marin, um, like a lot of the the national parks and the forests have been closed to again prevent that social distancing. Um, well, not prevent, but enforce the social distancing. Um, correct. Correct. That's where we yeah. get into this interesting little um, teasing it apart aspect, because yeah. on one hand, running and exercise outdoors is scientifically demonstrated to be the absolute best thing for your mental, <laughs> physical, and emotional health. This yeah. is literally a fact. And uh, exercise improves your immune system. But mm -hmm. what happens is people congregate. 
Yeah. And they can't do that. So we're, they're kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater by necessity. <laughs> so, for example, yeah. they closed state parks in Oregon over the yep. weekend. Uh, and it's true. It's actually not a bad thing to do because mm-hmm. people were flocking to the state parks and they were not keeping the six-foot distance. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's something that just as a scientist, like, I mean, I have a, I have a master's degree in neuroscience. Like I, I understand the cognitive benefits, uh, like, you know, mentally, emotionally, and obviously physically of, of running and being active. And it's, it's proven that moderate exercise, I don't, I really don't know if me or, you know, ultra runners fall into the category of moderate exercise. However, moderate exercise is proven to enhance and boost your immune system, right? So um, at first, um, there's this rule, of course, like, okay, we could go out to exercise by your home. But more people were basically in France were, were, you know, uh, just abusing that and still kind of congregating. So that's why they made it more and more strict. Um, but I agree. It's kind of like, it's, it's kind of, it's catch 22. It's a double-edged sword. There's, uh, you know, running and exercising is extremely beneficial to your health. Um, but if people don't respect the rules and, you know, and, and don't do it in groups, um, you know, and, and it's really hard to draw that line, right? Like as a government, as you're trying to implement rules, like how can you, if you have all of these exceptions, you know, people aren't really going to respect it. So there's really no point in, in passing anything anyways. Um, and so, but it, it is, it's, it's really hard because, you know, I feel, I mean, I'm having trouble here, even though I'm, I'm confined in this beautiful cabin and I have, I have like limited places to run. I can still run here, but I still feel a little bit of this, you know, like you're almost, you, you're trapped. You almost feel like something has been taken away from you. And it's, it's hard, especially in the moment when, you know, as athletes, events are being canceled and postponed and you don't, we don't know when it, they're actually going to happen again. And it, like, you know, I had this huge lull in motivation, like, oh, what the heck? And then I didn't want to, you know, respect, respect the rules of what's, what's going on here. Um, but then it's kind of when you have a moment to breathe and you, it's, it's like we're, the reason why, um, we're doing this is because it's, you know, trying to work as a, like basically we're, our actions, we need to be less selfish and think of like the bigger picture. Think of the bigger community and the health of, you know, the United, our state, our community, the, the world. <laughs> so it's much bigger than us. And I think, Sometimes it's hard to accept those changes when they feel so, you know, they feel so disruptive to your daily life and your routine and something that is so um, important and, and like vital to your everyday life. Um, right. Right. Well, Henry, again, that's, a, that's an, a terrific point, which I want to just yeah. emphasize right here, which yeah. is on one hand, this is way bigger than your personal goals. Anyone's personal <laughs> goals. And yeah. of course, I should also note, no one would ever accuse you of being moderate, so I'll just put that one aside. <laughs> oh, and, great. And, <laughs> and so Thank we'll just you. go, we'll just go right here to that, yeah. what you just said, is that the pandemic is way more important than any personal goals, any sense of restriction, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. then at the same time, exercise is literally good for your health, and health is what we're trying to protect. And yeah. so we exactly. have to have, right, so we have to draw this very careful line here or social distancing is the real deal, and it is the only tool we have right now. There is yeah. not going to be a vaccination. There's not, I mean, there will be at some point, but yeah. in the near future, that's not going to happen. There's not going to be a, a cure. 
basically mm-hmm. the the hospitals will get overwhelmed, so you have to social distance. Yeah. So this is uh thank you, Hillary. That's a it's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And you're up there two kilometers from the nearest person. So you can go out there and just, you know, kind of run around the cabin a little bit and uh that's yeah. okay. But like you say, if you're living in Paris, you can't even do that. No, and so that's why I've tried to be just like respectful. Like I can um, you know, and just because again, like it's, it's bigger than me. I understand that. And, and I mean, it's another complication that, you know, me as a foreigner in France, I mean, I, I'm legally able to be here. I have a French visa. I have all the documentation. However, you know, if I don't speak French fluently and I was stopped by the police, like you literally have to have a permission slip to leave the house. Um, <clears throat> it's like basically tells you your address and like where you're, if you're going to a, the pharmacy, b the grocery store, if you're going out for like a exercise, like it says like, um, <clears throat> like something for health, like around your neighborhood. And then the fourth is, um, you know, if it's basically designated work, if you can, if you work in the hospital or as a journalist or, um, you know, at a grocery store, like then you can go to work. Um, and then the fifth thing is if you have to go to the government offices or anything, but unless you have a, a permission slip, um, you know, you, you basically can't, you can't be if, if you're stopped, you're fined. Um, and so, and me as a foreigner here, it's like, I have to be even more careful. So that's kind of where I've, I wanted to be less selfish. And it's like, if, if pretty much everyone else can't run, um, like then why, you know, why should I? So, um, I can, you know, hike, there's still snow. I mean, where there's like, I can go maybe a kilometer from my, from my house and run into snow. Um, so it's, you know, it's pretty limited, but again, I have the bike trainer. I can kind of, I'm learning how to cook a whole bunch of different things here and pass, pass the time reading a bunch. Um, it's kind of like a benefit off season that, you know, we like everyone is getting and, you know, it, in this sport of ultra running, it, it just goes, goes, goes. So we never really get a time for a break anyways. Um, yeah. But I mean, one other thing I wanted to add too is that, I mean, this personally affects me. I was supposed to actually be on a plane last week, um, to come home to Colorado and I decided to not take it, um, because I could have left before the travel ban. Um, but I decided not to because I thought it was my social duty to, um, stay here because there could be some chance that if I, like, if I could bring it back to Colorado, even if I didn't ex- have any symptoms, I didn't want to be responsible for that. And again, my parents are in great health, but, um, they're, you know, my dad's 75 and my mom's 65. So, you know, like I wouldn't want to, I, I need, I wanted to like keep my social distance. So my, maybe mine's a little bit extreme again. Thank you, Buzz. I am not moderate. So my, my, my interpretation of social distancing is basically, you know, a whole ocean away from everyone, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah. <laughs> gotcha. It's interesting. What's well, a good um, perspective there, Hillary? Yeah. And you, I was going to ask you that. So you, basically, you <laughs> passed on the opportunity to come back to the states a week ago, which means you're going to be there for the next two months. Pretty much, because I, if, if you know, if the U.S. is uh, is a week behind France, um, you know, who who knows? Like, I mean, basically, the in France, we've started at two weeks of 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 quarantine. And I love in like, you know, the English language quarantine, it sounds like really severe, right? Quarantine. It's like, you're like in a sterile environment. Um, I think of like bubble suits and everything. And, um, in, um, 
like uh, in French, the word is like much more like light. It's it's just, it's 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 really funny. Um, they don't use like quarantine, but um, so we're at two weeks here, but that's a really likely to change. Um, Italy, they already they kind of it was it's they're kind of going on their fourth week, I believe. April second is when they can. Um, their their basically their quarantine is said to lift. Um, again, they have to kind of see how the situation is and reevaluate it from there. Um, but I think again, they started with two weeks. Um, same with Spain, and then at that two week mark, they're going to reevaluate it if they want it to be longer or end it there. Um, I honestly think it's going to be longer. I think it's probably going to be a full four weeks, um, and then we'll see it from there. So you know. Um, but that right. means ending quarantine, and then you don't know um, when it's safe to travel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. Right. Well, here it's called shelter in place. The word quarantine isn't used for the most part, unless mm-hmm. people have the virus, and then quarantine's different. So yeah. report from France, Spain and Italy and Andorra are equally mm-hmm. as strict. Um mm-hmm. And I've heard that the, the I've been told that the fine in Andorra is three thousand euros, so yeah. it's not five hundred, and that it's gotten a little grim. Some of the reports have yeah. gotten in that people there's social media and mass media shaming, and it's okay. kind of you could say it's dark times there. So yeah. you're up in the mountains, so good for you. Germany is a little more relaxed right now. The report in this morning from Germany is that new rules, of course, this weekend, and you are able to go outside, but not in a group larger than two. Um, mm-hmm. And so solo running, cycling, and walking is still allowed in Germany. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is actively changing all the time. And before yeah. I looked, uh, before I contacted you, of course, I had to just take a quick look-see to see what Hillary is up to. And so I went on your Strava feed I went, wow, look at that. She's doing these huge bike rides. Look at this, 65-mile <laughs> bike ride. And look at this. And she, whoa, wait a minute. This one is around New York City. And I took a closer look at that. So, yeah, you're sitting there on porch and you're on Zwift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all these rides. So, yeah, but exactly. It's, I'm, doing, I'm doing virtual rides. <laughs> right. So I did this um, little double take going, wow, man, she's crushing it. I guess you still are, uh, but that's yeah. that's kind of where this conversation has to go right now, is that, yeah. again, just to say it for the umpteenth time, social distancing is for real. Everybody needs to do it, and so it's yeah. some, but exercise is good, so the indoor thing is taking off, the indoor bike, the virtual trainers, yeah. and the United States, what really got going is a big run on uphill skiing, because they closed the ski areas in Colorado, yeah. thank, mm-hmm. thank goodness, early on, yeah. but so people are buying skins and going up and uh, treadmills are probably selling out as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like, I have, thankfully, actually, I, my first bike sponsor, Saris, uh, I, I got a trainer and I had been using them this winter because I, I, I ride a bike outside less because, you know, in, in humid conditions, humid and cold, are, it's pretty brutal to ride a bike. Um, so I was using the trainer and thank goodness I have it because I can take it with me and, uh, actually pretty enjoyable so it's been nice to do that i'm gonna hopefully you know my it's like butt conditioning so i'm gonna have like a strong butt for for all the bike races that i want to do but um yeah buzz i actually had a question there because i mean people have been asking me about um you know whether they think certain events you know for instance lavaredo at the end of june and utmb 
um, <clears throat> if they are in fact going to have these races and, you know, they haven't made an official call yet. Um, but, you know, since we've already seen, um, certain races be canceled, at least in Colorado through the end of April, um, I mean, we're both registered for a dirty Kansas, a bike race, the end of May. Um, what, there, is there any news on your end about what, uh, what events have been canceled thus far? Great. I was going to ask you if you if you thought you and I were going to be riding together at DK yeah, this uh, year, <laughs> and I think no, I, I don't yeah. think I don't think we will be. And actually, due to my recent shoulder surgery, I couldn't have kept up with you anyway. But I think <laughs> what they're going to probably do is move that into the fall. Would be my yeah. guess. I think that would be cool. I mean, it's yeah, it's basically just shifting the whole year. And again, it might it, it might it feels tough. I mean, I know. You know, every, and actually, Buzz, I was thinking of you because even with all of these events canceled, you know what this means? It's going to be what? the year of the FKT. Everyone is going to be going <laughs> oh, after FKTs. So get ready. Well, actually, You're going to have cruel. so many admissions, like a new, new, probably new projects. You're going to have so many. I'm going to do my part, Buzz. I'm actually, so, you know, uh, the Sierra High Route, um, I thought I was going to have to choose between doing, um, the UTMB and Sierra High Route. Um, but for, probably because UTMB is going to be pushed back, I'm going to go for the Sierra High Route. There you go. And look at that. Yeah. You have the courage to announce it uh, <laughs> on, on publicly. So that means other ladies are going to go, oh, she's going to do it. I better go do it first. But All just right, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. It could be right. it definitely uh, the FKT action has picked up dramatically. We're, we're, we're trying to figure out how to deal with it because we're getting deluged with with roots and FKTs coming in, which we appreciate because FKTs yeah. by nature are solitary events. And so yeah. it's the one <laughs> sort of pseudo competitive thing that one can do outside. Yeah. And boy, you're probably not, depending on what you do, of course, uh, but yeah. a lot of the back country, like SHR, Sarah High Route, the <laughs> six foot distance is going to be very easy. <laughs> it's more like six mile distance from people. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think, I think it's just a good reminder. At least this is what I keep telling myself because I, I felt this huge lull in motivation, um, when kind of all this was crashing down, um, was that it's a nice time to just like reboot and reset and, you know, dream, dream of events that you want to do, whether that's races or dream of routes that you want to do, you know, like once it's safe to travel, you know, figure out and explore the national parks again in the United States. Um, you know, here there's so many things in, in France, you know, I could link up some really cool mountain chains here. Um, there's a ton of, of rounds that I could do, you know, in, in, in England or Ireland. Um, so I think it's really cool. It's like we have now time to kind of, you know, um, to dream and to kind of write new goals and set new, new expectations for, for this year when it's safe, but again, just for the years to come. Uh, good call, Hillary. That's a very positive note. You are uh, known for that. We Everyone really appreciates hearing the positive note because uh, you know, the world has changed. I mean, you've got to just yeah. start with that. And you have to use some adjective like it will be brutal. So I think that's our starting. <laughs> we reset to that, right? And now we're yeah. adjusting to that. How do you make that come out the best? Uh, we mentioned mm -hmm. DA and UTMB. The Olympics mm -hmm. aren't going to happen. It's yeah, exactly. Non-starter. It literally yeah. can't happen. It's not like, because of Japan. Japan's no. good. If you want to hold the yeah. Olympics, Japan is where you want to do it because they're yeah. buttoned up. But <laughs> yeah. it's illegal to train. 
So the whole thing yeah. is a farce. So I don't know why they're yeah. even discussing it. It can't happen because it's literally illegal for athletes to, in most sports to train. Exactly. And, and, and that's also why I was thinking here, I was like, okay, if Olympians literally can't train, then I should just like kind of chill out. Um, so it's, but again, it, it's, it's crazy. I, th- I think I mean, what I've been talking about here is that it's really going to be like life before coronavirus and life after, like, I think it's going to be a pretty drastic, drastic change, not only like just with this year, but also just like economically and things like this. Um, but I mean, I, I even started this episode before we were, we're recording, um, just talking about how this almost felt reminiscent of an injury. And I know huh, through a lot of experience, I mean, you know, you introduced me as the, the woman who nearly died. Um, so, you know, uh, those experiences, I learned a lot. And it's during those periods where you can, again, use it as an opportunity to, to learn and become stronger, um, become different. And, um, so yeah, it's a, it's kind of like a little, almost a reminiscent of an injury period that everyone gets to, you know, dig deep and it's not always the most enjoyable, but. Hmm. Good call, Haley. I think we'll leave <laughs> it on that note. Uh, I appreciate your positive uh, outlook there. It's like an injury period, dig deep, reset, dream about what you can and can't do. Thank yeah. you very much. And I look forward to staying in touch. Yeah, thanks so much, Buzz. It was a pleasure talking to you. Part two of the Fastest Known Podcast. We're back in the United States, and I'm talking with Monica Morant. Welcome, Monica. Hi, Buzz. Always good to talk with you. Now, you've been, a lot of people know who you are. You've been at Hard Rock 100 many times, Leadville Trail 100, and you're mainly a triathlete yourself, plus a few ultras, and also you're a sales representative for the New Balance Shoe Company. That is correct. And that's got to have a big impact. So right now we're talking to you in Sausalito, California. So there's a few things here. California was the first state in the United States to kind of clamp down a little bit. But even before that, the Bay Area clamped down. So what's the situation look like from your perspective? Yeah, so uh, the the first... uh, order or mandate went into place last Monday, the 16th. And that wasn't even on the state and governor level yet. That was uh, a county mandate um, ordered by Mayor London Breed uh, of San Francisco, which affected uh, six of the nine uh, local Bay Area counties. So that was the first shutdown on Monday. Um, at the time, work-wise, that was about, uh, oh, 16 of my 22 accounts. Um, were forced to shut down that Monday. And then uh, later other counties rolled out and by by Friday, the state mandate came down. So all 22 of my accounts had closed down. And yeah, we are on um, a shelter in place order up here. Now, California tends to lead the nation in politics and culture and other ways. So wonder if California is leading the nation again. Yeah, I mean, um, given... Given what we we just don't know and the resources we don't have out there in place in terms of testing and so forth, um, this was a, a call that, that I suppose really had to be made. And um, we we're a major metropolitan area up here, um, so the, you know the potential for spread is just is, is is really quick. And so this call had to be made, and California was the first one to make it. 
Now, what does shutdown mean? So the stores are closed, which is super harsh. We'll talk about that in a minute. People not only are losing their paychecks, but they can't pay rent. We'll get into that. But I think people are still allowed to go outside and recreate, even though businesses are closed. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's interesting. I hear, I hear, you know, I see on social media people sort of mistakenly using the term quarantine. Um, quarantine assumes that you know you are positive with the virus or that you've been exposed to someone. And so you've chosen to, you know, self-quarantine for the what we think are the right um, appropriate amount of days, which is 14 days. Uh, we're in we're in shelter in place. So re- regardless of whether you know your status or whether you could have been exposed, everybody's being asked to um, to stay home for 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 uh, you know unless you've got any um, you know critical issues to be outside. Um, there's you know stay inside, hunker down, have enough um, uh, gas and groceries, um, and just stay in place. So staying at home. Um, however, that doesn't um, restrict us from, from being outside. And, and, uh, the other common term that you're, we're hearing a lot right now is, is social distancing. So we can be outside, um, doesn't restrict us from being outside on our local bike paths and trails, but we, we are we're still observing social distancing, which means, you know, aside from people in your own household, you want to stay, um, a, a good six feet in distance from anybody else. So, um, uh, that creates a, uh, an interesting, um, sort of bit of frogger on the, on my local bike path here. Um, I try to get up earlier in the morning to run, um, uh, by, but by about 10 AM, the parents who are, who are, are, are with their, uh, very active kids are now out on the bike path and it gets, it's getting crowded. Now, th- this is interesting because many parts of the country, Colorado, the restaurants and bars were ordered to close except for takeout, a key point support your local bar and restaurant by doing takeout. They were closed, but none of the other businesses here are closed. But in the Bay Area, almost all non-essential businesses are closed? Yeah. So um, aside, so obviously we've got our grocery stores um, and and restaurants that can, can facilitate takeout. So that, again, um, follows the, the the social distancing rules, people can, they're allowing people to come in one at a time or stand in line six feet apart to pick up to go orders. So no, no eating in communal space in the restaurant. Um, and that serves people who maybe don't have the wherewithal to have two weeks worth of groceries at home. Um, they're still able to eat. They're still able to support their, their local, um, restaurants as well. We're being, we're, we're all trying to support each other in that way. So yeah, we can, um, we can go to the grocery store, um, uh, the lines are available. Uh, most grocery stores are keeping a line outside, keeping people six feet apart in that line and allowing maybe, depending on the size of the grocery store, you know, our local Trader Joe's is allowing 20 people in at a time. They're disinfecting the cart for you when they hand it to you, being, you know, as, as, as mindful as we can about any way that we can um, trans, transmit this to each other. But we still need to get our groceries um, and uh, essential things like uh, bike shops, mechanics, um, and of course, any um, critical uh, doctor's visits and so forth. Oh, bike shops but are open. Bike shops are open. Yeah. Considered huh. considered critical, I guess, or essential. And in, in, in if you need your mode of transportation repaired, although there's not any place really to go right now. <laughs> I see. Now, is this this is voluntary. So people are not receiving fines or tickets, things like that? So far, um, 
I've not heard of anybody receiving fines. Um, the issue is that shelter in place is, um, you know, a pretty broadly interpreted, interpreted, uh, term. Um, and the issue we're now seeing is, for instance, at our beaches, you know, over the weekend, um, and, it, and it's understandable families with young children that they, they just are, they're so active, they're so antsy and they want to get outside. Um, but beaches have been um, overcrowded. For instance, out here in West Marin, uh, Point Reyes beaches were crowded. Um, and then those people are stopping in town at those small towns on their way back um, to buy what's considered essential groceries, but they're from out of town and could potentially, you know, be be um, spreading, spreading the virus. So um, parking lots have now been closed. Um, essentially, the, the, the spaces are open, but but. You know, driving from an hour away to come anyplace else just is is not considered sheltering in place. Good. So I it, think it, that's an that's an appropriate way to approach it. Yeah, it, it has to be done. Unfortunately. Well, it, that's a good example you just gave there, which is great. Point Reyes National Seashore—it's huge. You could disperse there pretty easily, but people are going to stop in these tiny grocery stores on the way. And while they normally like the business, they don't really want you coming in anymore. They want to serve their locals, but not necessarily people coming from the big city. Exactly. And we've seen that, you know, I, from what I understand now, you know, Sasha and I, we had a plan to take our vacation, uh, you know, up to two months ago. We were still thinking about Italy, but but we were getting word as we still hadn't booked our flights. And um, that changed quickly changed to, Oh, let's do a road trip. Uh, we'll head out to the Southwest. We'll go to Moab, uh, you know, just hop in the van and, um, you know, stop along the way, camp where we, where we want. That's the beauty of having a van. But as it, it got more serious, we understood that that would not be responsible. And as you see in Moab, they're just, um, they were, they were just overwhelmed with spring breakers who weren't understanding the seriousness of it. And, um, it depletes them of their own groceries and, and resources. And then potentially if you're out there, get in an accident, you need ER, uh, you're taking up a bed that could very well be needed for a ventilator and anybody that's, um, you know, um, you know, in the, in the dangerous, uh, throes of this virus. Moab is an interesting example because of course it's a tourist town. They love tourists. It's basically their economy is entirely built on tourists since uranium is no longer mined there, but they took actions in early March. They closed schools for two weeks and then the Moab Regional Hospital only has 17 beds. And so they wrote imagine? a, yeah, 17 is not a lot. They wrote a strongly <laughs> worded level to their governor, Herbert, and said, close it, close it, do yeah. it now. And so, so now all last, lodging, everything shut down. It's shut down. And that, uh, that was quite controversial. I have a friend in Moab and we were going to have a nice podcast conversation just like this one. But this person declined, did not want to speak on the record. And I can't blame this person. Just think about it. Yeah. They could say, yes, definitely need to close this down because otherwise you, you know, we're making the community, our community, unsafe. But that means half this person's friends are out of work. I mean, out of work. Yeah. There is no paycheck because they're hourly workers. Or they could say, yeah, let people come. But then the other half are going to say, oh, that's terrible. I got kids in school. And this we can't we can't handle a pandemic in our small town. So it's very controversial. They declined to speak online. Yeah, it's you know, the truth is there's what I'm understanding of of this all, you know, in contacting my twenty-two accounts 
both that Monday and every day since as often as I can to let them hear my voice. And, and, um, you know, I just, I just want to check in with everybody, but what I've discovered is there's no, there's no right response to this, you know, um, and everybody's doing the best they can in in terms of our government, um, in terms of our governors, um, uh, mayors and so forth. Um, they're, they're, they're making the best call for, for public safety and public health. And, and unfortunately that supersedes, um, our incomes, uh, at this point. Um, and I, I guess the only thing that's really comforting is, is just knowing that we are all being hit by this in one way or the other. We've all got to do our part to get out of it together. Right. Right. And uh, you're so correct, Monica. It supersedes anything else. People say, I've been training for months. Well, okay. People's lives are in danger. Um, yes. And then, go easy on our race directors right now. <laughs> that's for sure. That Thank you for that call. Because we talk about restaurants, they're in trouble. And buying gift certificates, things, the various things that we can do. But race directors, wow, they're, they got yeah. zero income. So do you really want to ask for a refund right now? Eh, think twice about that. You know, again, I, I no, no real, no right response, right? But, um, you know, we, we're privileged to be uh, registering for races to begin with. And, and with that comes, regardless of COVID, um, you know, other other acts of God could have canceled a race. And, and that's just what we, the waiver we sign. And, um, at this point, those race directors have a livelihood. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call any of them greedy. Um, we've just, we've just all got to accept that, uh, you know, a good half of this year is just, is just not going to happen the way we planned. And including, you know, we've now heard the Olympics are postponed for a year. Talk about, um, people have been planning for, uh, not just, since the last four years, uh, but their whole lives for this. And, um, it's that important. It's, it's, it's beyond, um, our personal goals, our, our, our national Olympic goals. This is, this is a global pandemic and, and that's, that supersedes everything right now. Excellent. I agree completely. Thank you for saying that. And yet California is, is, seems to me is doing a good job of walking the line, if we shall say that, Strong social distancing and closing down non-essential, but still allowing people to go outside and recreate, which, in my personal opinion, is a good way to do it. It's a good compromise because, as we know, it builds immunity. It builds your health. Yeah, both both physical and, and mental. You know, I, I, I'll be the first to say uh, running is my Prozac. <laughs> I've, I've got to do it to be able to, to, to um, you know, just keep a healthy mindset to go on with my job and everything else. So um, it's more than about more than just a race too, for people We really need to be out there um, staying active and staying healthy. Right. Well, in the same topic, uh, I, I could read down the list of organizations that have recommended don't go climbing except to, you know, your local crag or a place that's somewhat dispersed because people were congregating in Bishop, Bishop, California. And then the yeah. uh, American Alpine Club almost a week ago posted a note saying, don't do it. <laughs> don't go there. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, just, just, you, it's, it's about using common sense. You know, um, it's, this isn't a, this isn't a national holiday. <laughs> We're not all meant to just go out and, and, and go for it everywhere. Just, you know, if should anything happen, should you require medical assistance or a visit to the ER? Again, that's just, should you need search and rescue that everything is going to deplete um, our resources 
going towards flattening this curve, you know? So stay close to home, be safe, but get outside um, and we can do it. Okay. And we can talk to each other virtually. Uh, we can we talk can have, to each other virtually. We can have podcasts. Although I cannot say for certain whether I am wearing pants right now. <laughs> oh, I, I see. This, uh, <laughs> I see. I see. You're right. You, this, you're, you're, um, this is not a video call. This is, is indeed, this is an audio. This is an audio only call, Monica. You, you, we do not know what you look like right now. It's, it's, uh, we can leave that to our imagination, can't we? <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. Oh, we'll leave it at that. Well, I do hope I see you again in person, and which I think I will sometime this year. Likewise, Buzz. Okay. Well, thank you for taking your time, and take care. Thanks, Buzz. I just want to I want to end by saying, um, you know, for as long as I've known you and we've had our friendship, you've been a, an incredible mentor to me, both professionally in our industry, but and a great friend. And um, anytime I talk to you, it's just it's a it's it's a calming and a um, you're just you're just a beacon. Um, and and it's just great to hear your voice. And I appreciate all that you're doing to get the word out and um, continue us being excited about fastest known time and everything else while we're in the middle of all this. Well, thank you very much. That means a lot to me. You mean a lot to me, Buzz. Thanks for reaching out. For the third and final component of this special edition podcast, we are going down under to New Zealand where I'm speaking with Grant Guys. Welcome, Grant. Good to talk with you again. Yeah, thanks for having me along, Buzz. Now, you've done Hard Rock 100. How many times have you done it? Uh, twice. Twice? And, uh, yep, twice was meant to do it last year and was hoping to do it this year, but <laughs> probably not. Probably not, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about. But you're down in New Zealand, and we start off in France, the situation there, which is ahead of where we are here in the United States, and then we talked about uh, talked with someone in the Bay Area, where they actually were the, one of the earliest areas in the United States to clamp down. But now down in New Zealand, you're one of the last, so you're behind everybody else, and you're an island nation with uh, you know 300 kilometers of blue water all around you. So you actually, and correct me, Grant, you're going to tell me the situation. I'm just kind of putting this out here. You almost could close the borders effectively and control and contain everything inside of your borders. You possibly could manage this. Is this how you're seeing it, or, or how's it going? Well, yeah. I mean, I uh, I'm obviously no expert on on this subject, but um, yeah, that's that's kind of um, that's kind of the the goal, I guess, of uh, of the government and and everyone in New Zealand. So we actually. Um, we oh maybe a week and a half ago now we um we closed we we enforced a two week stand down or two weeks self isolation um for anyone coming into New Zealand um and then they they closed uh the borders to anyone that wasn't from New Zealand so or a New Zealand resident or you know their partner kids what have you um and then we went to like a, they came up with a threat level scale, which was a one to four scale. And, um, you know, when we first chatted a, a few days ago, we we're at level two and uh, we are currently at level 
three as of about 24 hours ago. And in 24 hours, uh, roughly, we're going to uh, level four, which is pretty much total lockdown. Um, wow. No, yeah. So it, it, it's escalated, like it is for everyone, escalating really quickly. Um, but yeah, l- like you say, we, we are kind of behind um, the rest of the world, and we are um, we, we have the advantage of um, of being able to, you know, see what everyone else is doing really well, or maybe see what everyone else isn't doing so well. Um, so we're able to kind of look look at that and and um, you know make decisions based off what's happened in other places. Um, but we're oh, definitely, nice. I think we're being pretty aggressive with it. Um, it. It seems like it, you know, to go from, you know, yeah, it's totally closing down. And we're only, I say only, we're only at 102 or 103 cases as of, uh, confirmed cases as of yesterday. But they'll do an announcement here uh, pretty soon and, and I'm sure it'll bump up another 30 or so. That seems to be kind of where it's heading. Um, right. I should note yeah. that the current time in our conversation is 5 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. That's Denver, Colorado time. Because like you say, Grant, it changes so fast that we might as well oh, yeah. note in the podcast what time we're saying this because people will yeah. hear this podcast that over the next you know few days or a week, by which time everything we said has been outdated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A, a, a hundred, a hundred confirmed cases in New Zealand. I mean... You know, they're saying, uh, I think it, I think I heard a statistic. If it goes unchecked, it'll double every five days. So who knows, you know, what, what number it'll be at by the time this, this goes live. Um, but you know, we're, we're pretty fortunate. That's still a low number. There's almost no one in hospital with it. Most people are, are at home self isolating. Um, and, uh, no fatalities yet from it. You know, obviously that could and will change. Terrific. Terrific. Yeah. Now, what does stay at home mean? Is this a request? Is this a mandate? What level is that? Uh, so, I mean, take it back maybe a notch, which I think is really interesting what people have done in New Zealand, is there was a uh, there was the two-week self-quarantine. Uh, if you came into the country, you had two weeks, you had to go self-quarantine. Um, now, some people weren't doing this, and there's a case of uh, – People coming in and just going straight to a backpackers and hanging out with people, and they got arrested and they got deported. Oh, that's a pause. All right, we're playing. No, we're Sorry. playing for keeps, man. Um, yeah, no, those people got deported um, because they. It was like, hey, this is the this is the the go now. Um, and then there was a case. Uh, um, I'm sure you've been down to the west coast. I think it was on Fox Glacier. It might have been on Friends. Um, big tourist area, and there was a yes. helicopter pilot, and uh, he was flying around with uh, two tourists, and you know, doing a sightseeing thing, and they got chatting, and you know, it came out, oh, we've just arrived in the country, and the helicopter pilot's like, Are you kidding me? And he just <laughs> he flew straight to the police station, and and, <laughs> and dropped them off. Uh, yeah. So it's, oh, it, uh, Grant, this is an amazing. I'm sorry, this is an amazing conversation because we're hearing, of course, Italy. It's just they tried to clamp down. They, they you know, imposed fines for people leaving the house, which actually did yeah. not work. So they actually had to have police patrol the streets because they weren't obeying it. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. Their own citizens weren't obeying it that well. They're still going to bars and things like that. So it it literally went out of control. Now here we are in New Zealand. <laughs> And the helicopter pilot didn't even take him back to the parking lot. He just flew right to the parking lot at the police station and say, here you yeah. go. 
Yeah, 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 totally. And you know, but you know, that's that. There are a couple of uh, of cases. You know, Sunday I was driving out of town um, to go for a run. Um, we're at three level two. We're supposed to be social distancing, and you know, I drove through past a couple of cafes, and people are packed in there. Um, and it was it was mm. kind of that was actually pretty disappointing to see. Um, and and, uh, and I admit, like myself, a few nights earlier to kind of drown my sorrows somewhat uh, from a race being canceled, which I know is, is really nothing in the big picture of what's going on. But uh, I was down in Wanaka. I was supposed to do a race and, and a buddy came around to where we were camping and um, he's like, well, I'm going to go get a beer and there'll be no one there. You know, I'm going to support this local bar and we'll sit outside. And we got there and it was packed. Um, and it was, it, it was actually pretty uncomfortable being there, to be honest, um, in this tourist town. Yes. Um, and, yes. and, and afterwards I left and I kind of regretted, you know, going and having a beer, sitting with these people. I was like, man, can't believe I'm regretting socializing, but I, I did. And, and so I am really happy that they've gone to this threat level four, that they are, um, essentially locking down, um, you know, no, um, unessential travel. Su- supermarkets are open. Um, and you know, we've had like everyone panic buying, um, it sounds like our supply chains are pretty good as far as that stuff. Um, shelves are empty because people are buying so much at once that the, the supermarket can't keep the shelves stocked. Like they physically can't put the stock on the shelves fast enough. Um, so I think our supply well, chain. Grant, Grant, I have, I have to ask you a question here. So what are people panic buying? What products? Well, toilet paper uh, seems to be. Oh my like, gosh! I was hoping everyone, you were not going to yep. say that. It's the same yeah, thing here. It's yeah, toilet paper. Yeah, I yeah. was hoping you were going to say something more helpful, something more yeah. efficacious. Yeah, yeah, running shoes. Oh, well. No, um, <laughs> no, uh, it, it, it's been toilet paper, unfortunately. And then first it was toilet paper, and then it was hand sanitizer, uh, which we don't produce here, and I guess there's a worldwide shortage, so that's been a pretty tricky. And then. Uh, Rice, oats, like a lot of oats, like all the oats went, all the flour went. Um, the strangest one that I seen was, uh, was uh, I think, canned peaches. I'm not sure why, but canned peaches. <laughs> it was kind of bizarre. And, and the flour is an interesting one. I'm like, what are people doing stockpiling flour? Like, not that many people bake. I just, I, I don't think that many people actually bake. So I don't know what they're doing with it. Um, maybe, maybe they're making like paper mache glue or something to entertain the kids. I, I don't know. But yeah, it, it's, it's been an interesting one. I mean, you know, even ourselves, we've, we've, uh, a little bit, you know, like, but, you know, we go to the supermarket every three, four days and, and you just maybe throw in an extra can of something or a bag of rice or, or whatever it might be, you know. Um, we've tried to really right. resist because they have said, look, just shop normal. And, and it's funny because the big supermarkets are completely packed and we have like a, a small convenience store around the corner and uh, its shelves are totally packed. So, you know, it's no big deal. Um, people are just, yeah, getting in a panic, which is understandable. Um, and in a lot of ways, it is kind of scary. So, um, I was hoping that New Zealand was, like you say, stockpiling running shoes or <laughs> – but toilet paper still mystifies me. But it's in the States, it's been the one. same. It is an interesting one. But rice, oats, that's the same thing here. I'm not sure about the canned peaches. Here's a heads up. I'll give you a quick report from the Burrell personal household. Is we just you know have bleach. 
You mix 10 parts uh, water to one part bleach in a Windex bottle, just a regular spray bottle, and you got sanitizer. Yeah. And so you don't need the stuff. Or hydrogen peroxide is as good as bleach. Yeah. And I keep one of those in the car, and I keep one of them at the house. And every time we walk in, of course, before you touch anything, we wash our hands. And then if I've gone to the supermarket, I actually take those clothes off and put them out in the sunroom and let them just chill out there for a few days. And I have different clothes inside the house. So we're kind of buttoned up here. Yeah. And there's, there's inexpensive techniques. This requires a lot of attention. But if one is an ultra runner, one is used to being methodical and detail-oriented. So I think all we need to do is just shift the gears and what we are detail-oriented about. Yeah, I, I always think ultra running is just one big uh, exercise in problem-solving. And, and and dealing with some sort of adversity or some sort of issue that you get in a race. So it's just like, well, you just kind of think along those lines, like you got to be flexible. It's it's who can adapt the best, you know, a lot of the time in a race, not necessarily who's the, the out and out fastest, right? right. Like who can adapt and, and, and think on the fly. So there's a little bit of that, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, I'm doing a lot of walking on our paths here and there's plenty of people on the paths there's a lot of people on the paths i keep six foot distance and so people that wasn't that a little odd sure it's odd but heck we're mountain runners we're trail runners we dodge rocks we dodge roots so now i just move around people i find it sort of interesting it kind of gives me something to do yeah and then if i may say so i always say hello these times like this, I think a good greeting and be, to be courteous is important. It goes a very long way. You know, um, we, we have something, I'm trying to think where I heard it the other day, but, um, you know, everyone says, I don't know if you have the saying uh, there is, uh, you know, number one rules, don't be a dick. So, um, you know. <laughs> That's the number one rule. Number one rule. rule. And, and, and it kind of doesn't matter what, you know, what game you're playing, uh, what, what you're up to, but. Just don't be a dick. And and that's something like we definitely try to think, you know, so yeah, you're out for a walk and you got to give someone a wide berth and it feels really weird. Like it feels, because we are still allowed to exercise. Um, I'm very, you know, we're allowed to go outside and exercise. So we've been for a walk today with the kids um, and it was like, yeah, it's definitely, people are generally giving wide berths. It was a bit of a, of a narrow trail at one section that we kind of had to hunch in. But, you know, then I seen two people that were clearly not, living in the same household running right next to each other. And you know, that was honestly, it was a little bit disappointing because um, they're yarning away and you're like, well, I'm going to ruin it for everyone. You know, like we're all in this together. We, we can't, you know, we can't do that. Um, it's one thing if right. you're, if you're maybe running in proximity with someone, but it's another thing to be actually, you know, running along actually right. shoulder to shoulder, having a conversation. Um, and, and that's hard for right. a lot of people because for a lot of people, the running is really a, a, a social part of it. Um, you know, for me, I, I do most of my training by myself generally. Um, I work from home by myself, you know, so this is actually not that big of a change. Um, I love going to the, you know, going down to the local pub and having a beer with some friends. That's kind of been the change uh, or will be the change I guess. You know, that's kind of where I get my social interaction, but the training, the working that's generally done, um, you know, by myself, but for a lot of people, it will be really tricky. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting time. Hopefully they, uh, I don't know, all, you know, they can listen to podcasts like this maybe <laughs> or, or music or something to entertain themselves if, if they need that fix to get out on the track. Right. And of course the cyclists are using Zwift. Zwift is blowing up. 
Zoom, the online conferencing software, is blowing up. Their stock actually went up. That's Zoom.us. And so some people are actually they're conducting book clubs. They still hold their monthly book club meeting. They just do it on Zoom. I think that's a very good idea. Yeah. Like you say, outside, it's okay. It's, you know, it's, you can converse from six feet away. That's just fine. And I personally think that exercise is good for your health. And as long as you obey the rules yeah. and don't be a dick, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's critical, I mean, for people's mental well-being, I think. So, yeah, what, however, whatever so form New that Z- takes. Yeah. Has New Zealand canceled all races? And if so, how far out? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we are we're going pretty hard with the old uh, canceling like everyone else. You know, I just had a – I was going to run 100 miles uh, this weekend, just gone, um, the Northburn 100 uh, down uh, near Cromwell. And it's a small race. It's 270. So a uh, week out from the race, uh, Jacinda, our prime minister, said um, no events over 500. And um, the race was like, okay, well, it's well under 500, um, so we'll be sweet. And then on the Thursday before the race, uh, they came out with no indoor events over 100 people. So then it was like, okay, it's outdoor. It's still well under. Um, but by Friday night, the race director was, you know, he, he was really keen to push it on. But by then, he, he just felt quite uneasy about the whole thing, um, understandably, and uh, – and cancelled it, and, and that really was the right call. As, as disappointed and um, as as what a, a lot of folks were, including myself, it was it was a good call. Um, he didn't have to cancel it, but he did, so that was good. And, and pretty much most other races are. Um, I know in Australia, UTA, which is I believe the second biggest trail running event behind UTMB, the Ultra Trail Australia, that's postponed, but they haven't given a date of when it will be. Um, I had a uh, an email this morning from a a race organizer up in Auckland who does a the Xterra Trail Trail Running Series uh, in Auckland, uh, a series that we're sponsoring, and he thinks they'll probably they'll they'll do some races this this winter, but you know they're not sure which ones, and they're not sure um, when they'll do them, whether they'll have to postpone or cancel the earlier ones. But they're still very hopeful of of those kind of mid late winter ones, which is. I guess July, August, September. Um, but you know, are we going to see an FKT submission from you this weekend? This weekend, I don't know about this weekend. Um, I I actually tried on Sunday when we originally talked about catching up. I I went out. I I had itchy feet and I just I had to get out and do something. And uh, I went and I went and done. I was like, it's not going to be an FKT because it's not a it's not something. that's kind of been, you know, an established route, but I thought it, it could be a, a future, a future FKT if I could put this thing up. But uh, by the time I got out there and I started a little bit late, and it just wasn't really working. But it, I've, I've got a, a little loop that I'm, I'm maybe uh, projecting that I'm working on uh, uh, to establish, Great. which would be pretty fun. But you know, the next four weeks, I think I'll be personally, I'll be playing it pretty close to home. We're we're in Christchurch. Nowadays, and uh, right behind us, we've got the Port Hills, which have some great trails on. So we'll get out and about there. I um, and I, I joked with a friend today um, that there is uh, the Christchurch 360 Trail, which is uh, 130 kilometers, which takes in some beautiful trails, but then it takes in a whole lot of road. Um, you know, it goes around the airport and stuff. But uh, you know, whether people will be trying to do that because. It's kind of local. It's people can run it from their house, sort of thing. This hundred and 
30k loop uh, or whatever it is. So it'll be interesting to see if people uh, start trying to put put some times up on that uh, over the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, I imagine the FKT thing will start uh, really taking off uh, with all the events being cancelled. Um, and I hope so because it's well, yeah, it has. It's so cool. we're, we're we're kind of buried here. We, we're getting uh, probably a dozen submissions wow. per day now. So it's coming in because FKTs are by nature solitary. Maybe it's one or yeah. two people. So that's it's uh, it's good in that respect. At this point, I often the podcast say things like you know support your local FKT people because you know none of us get paid, etc. It takes a bit of work to put this whole thing together. But there's no way I'm going to say that now. Now what I'm going to say is support your local race director, support your local bar, your restaurant, your small business person. Because not only are they not getting paid, but they might not even be able to pay the rent. So please uh, do what you can, take out food, things of that nature. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, – it's going to be interesting here. I mean, even takeouts are closed down in New Zealand now. But, um, you know, I think when this lifts, I think there'll be a lot of people going uh, and making sure those people are doing okay. I think they'll get a big a big bounce uh, after this happens. So. Grant, I look forward to staying in touch with you. And unfortunately, I gosh, this is the worst part of the whole thing. It's too late to immigrate to New Zealand now. You can't get I in, can't man. Get the borders are well and truly locked down. <laughs> you blew it. You blew it. You should have stayed. They, don't, they wouldn't want me. That's yeah, a really yeah, you, good call. You should have stayed uh, when you were going for the last time a few years ago. You shouldn't have left. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, too late. Grant, you sound terrific. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again in person. Yeah, it definitely does. Hopefully, uh, hopefully here in uh, in Silverton. Uh, probably not this year, but maybe next year. <laughs>